diving into data. Diving, diving, data. Diving into data with TC Riley. Hello, hello, hello again, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Diving into Data. I am your host, TC Riley. How are we doing out there? How's the week going? How's the month going? How's the uh, end of Q2 looking for you? We're closing out the first half of the year here in about it's 5 o'clock on Tuesday the 30th as I record this, so in about 7 hours here in the Central Time Zone. I hope that everyone's been doing well. Obviously, the global situation around COVID, specifically here in the U.S., hasn't been looking quite as great the last couple uh, days and weeks, but hopefully you and yours are still healthy, doing well. But that's not what we're here to talk about. It's diving into data. We're here to talk about some data. And what we're titling this episode today is, Why is this still not working? All right, so what are we talking about there? What's still not working? What are you talking about, TC? You're not making any sense. The reason I bring this topic up is we're going to do a little bit of a different episode this week than we've typically done. If you listen to the show often, you know that typical structure is two to three segments. Um, I cite a lot of different articles, a lot of different sources, usually a lot of specific data points um, to talk about how different industries, different businesses, different problems are being solved with data. And I promise we're going to get back to that. Um, I love talking about the ways that data is helping in the world's problems, especially as it relates to current issues and things that you might be thinking about a lot, but maybe you're not thinking about how data is impacting them or what role data is playing in those items. But what we're going to be talking about today is a question that I've actually seen a ton from clients over the last month or two. Uh, one of the best things that I've seen, um, if we let's look at the positives of the global situation of the last few months, is that companies are truly embracing the digital transformation um, and incorporating data as a large component of that. That's something that not everyone, maybe some people are still a little bit hesitant, a little bit behind the times, or resistant to do it. But uh, I think the global situation, some of the uncertainty, um, obviously some of the uh, restrictions on physical interactions that have forced the digital and online presence to spike. Um, I think some of that's actually had a lot of good effects on companies that have really started to embrace some new things. So one of the questions I've got a lot, um, especially as people start, I don't like to say this term, but or phrase it this way, but they start to use data for the first time. Uh, if we're being honest, some of these companies and some of the folks that we work with, some of the folks I've heard about and read about out there. So uh, what this episode is going to be, rather than our normal format, is this is pretty much going to be a advice half hour here. I'm going to sit here and talk through how a company is more functionally able to use data. That's going to be our only topic. We're just going to dive into this single thing today. And this is all about why is this not still working? How do I make data actually work for me? How do I make data actually work for my company? How am I going to make this into something that I'm actually seeing tangible results from? All great points, all great questions. And if you're not familiar, uh, sit back, relax, and tune in for the next half hour because we're going to have a lot of stuff that hopefully helps you out. Um, but I'm going to dive into, uh, I got a, a little acronym here, um, DAP, that I use uh, around using data. Um, we're going to explain what DAP is here in a second. Um, we're going to tie it in with another acronym for those of you who have ever taken a business court, the SMART acronym, uh, as you're probably familiar with. We're going to see how those two relate. Uh, that was kind of the genesis that made me think of this DAP one that I love to use. And and that's DAP, D-A-P-P, just so you're aware. Two P's there, both important. Um, and uh, we're going to make sure that you can actually use this data. If you're sitting in a position where um, you want to embrace data, you have data, 
Um, maybe you are in a data role and want your company to embrace this. Whatever it is, I'm hoping to give you some suggestions, tips, tricks, ideas around what you need to do from the data side to ensure that there is an actual business impact. It's not just a bunch of really cool numbers and cool graphs and all this, you know, this mess of data, but it's actually something that you can use and actually helpful to your company. So uh, we're going to we're gonna do what we can today. We're going to see how this goes. Um, and we're going to do whatever we can to get you up to speed with how you're going to be able to use data. So with that, sit back, relax. Let's dive into some data. So as I mentioned, the title that we're going with this week is Why Is This Still Not Working? Um, I was actually considering doing a fun little acronym play on some of the, uh, the current events in the world and saying, make data matter again. Um, I then realized that make making data matter again or make data matter again the acronym for that um, is unfortunately also the acronym for a popular party drug. So we're definitely not going to use that acronym. I'm going to throw that out the window. We already have too many acronyms we're going to be touching on today. Um, but again, this is all about how we're going to use this. So where we're going to start is something that many of you have probably heard of. If you've taken any level of business course, heck, just being in the business world, uh, you've probably heard this acronym and it is the SMART acronym. And I think that this is a great model um, for experiments. Um, it's a guidance. It's something that's been around. I've, I'll be honest, I have no idea who came up with it, but it's a great acronym and it's, it's really smart. <laughs> See what I did there? But um, what SMART is, is it stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, timely. Again, you might have heard that same acronym with slightly different words, but it all gets at the same thing. Again, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, timely. And what this is, is as you're making business decisions, as you're going to start everything from, let's say, a, a new product launch to a new experiment, um, maybe a new analysis. And if we're going to look specifically at data, it's you have to hit these five things to make sure that it actually matters and does something. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not here to give you a business lesson. Uh, many of you probably heard this before, but as we run through those, so specific, whenever you're doing one of these experiments, whenever you're trying something, um, you have to be focused on what you're actually trying. If you go into any type of experiment, whether it's related to data or not, frankly, and you don't really know what you're going for, you're just kind of broadly wading into the waters to see what happens, you're unlikely to get a succinct, concise, actionable result. It just doesn't happen. You need to be specific with what you're going for and make sure you are looking at one particular thing. Again, this ties in great with data since we know that uh, we've talked in plenty of past episodes. Whenever uh, someone in the data world gets a um, request or a task or whatever you want to call it that is very broad, hey, look at all this data and find me some insights. <sighs> There's just too much there. That, that's not a, a good way to use this, a good way to go about this. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so we need it to be specific. We need to know exactly what we're looking for. The M, measurable. Again, we need something that if we're going to run this experiment, if we're going to try something, we need something that is tangible from uh, especially a data perspective. Absolutely. But it doesn't even always have to be data. Um, it, it, there's other ways you can measure different things, but you need something that you can actually effectively, we'll say qualitatively and quantitatively uh, see results. It can be either one or, or, but you need to be able to see specific results. You need to be able to, um, if you've listened to past episodes, you've heard us talk about defining that hypothesis. You need to have something that can either prove or disprove your hypothesis, whatever that is, whatever that quality characteristic data point is, you need to be able to measure it in order to actually understand, did this work or did this not work in the most simple terms? The A of SMART, achievable. You need something that is, um, you can actually accomplish 
within a reasonable amount of time. And again, the reason we're going over this, you're going to see some of these things kind of come back up and be uh, uh, relatable here in a, a few minutes. But um, you need something that you're able to achieve and able to accomplish. It, it would be great for me to say, hey, I, I'm going to build a model here at market scale um, that is going to uh, it's going to identify the clients that within a month we can, um, you know, grow our revenue 10x. Well, now, as much as my bosses would love if I could do that, as much as I would love if I could do that, it would probably be great things for me personally in my career. That's not achievable. Um, that ties in a lot with the R of smart, the realistic. Uh, I know if you listen to different professors, different people who talk about this acronym, um, they define them differently. To me, if I'm being totally honest, these really tie hand in hand. Um, we need things that are achievable, realistic. We can actually measure them. We can actually do this experiment. We can actually get this data, whatever it is. Um, they all kind of tie together all the smart uh, terms. Um, but we need to define something that is capable of actually being produced or experimented upon. If you're dreaming of your head in the clouds, you're looking at something that's way too big in scope, or sometimes even frankly, way too small in scope, you're not gonna succeed. The last one, T of smart, is timely. This is something that is not only timely in terms of relation to your business, um, but as we tie back into achievable and realistic, it is able to be accomplished, measured, reviewed, understood, in a time scale that makes sense. If we are looking for, um, I have an experiment I'm going to run around the, uh, let's say the orbital path of Halley's Comet that comes by the Earth every you know, 80, 90 years or so. Is that going to be something that's a timely experiment that I'm going to be able to functionally do a lot with? No, of course it isn't. Um, uh, there's a, for any of you who are physics fans out there, um, Richard Feynman, who was one of the uh, lead engineers, one of the lead uh, scientists on the Manhattan Project developing atomic weapons towards the end of World War II, had a really funny story um, where he went in and was talking to uh, this board of high-level government officials about things. Um, and one of their concerns was the half-life of a specific isotope they were using, um, which again, if you don't familiar with half-life, pretty much how long is it going to take for this uh thing to degrade naturally on its own um, to where it, it will render itself inert or it will be safe if we want to oversimplify it in a certain amount of time. Um, and he gave this really long-standing speech about how he could do this and this and this, and we should be able to see this and do this. And they, they, the whole, they were eating it up. And then he had to inform them that the half-life of what they were talking about was a couple hundred years. And I believe he wrapped up the presentation with something along the lines of like, um, so when your great-great-grandchildren review this data, um, I am confident that they're going to have an exact specific answer of uh, what we need to do here um, next week. And that that kind of, it's a, it's a, obviously it's a far stretch and it's kind of a ridiculous story. But the idea being that you need something that is actually timely in terms of being realistic, being achievable, being measurable within a reasonable time frame. But you also need something that's actually timely to the business. Again, it would not be timely if for um, market scale, a leading digital media company um, and marketing company, if we did a really in-depth analysis on classified ads in newspapers. That's not something that we specialize in. That is not timely to what us and our clients do. It's not relevant. So uh, we're going to start with SMART and then we're going to dive into this DAP acronym that I talked about that's more specific to data. Again, you're going to see some similarities. Um, I am not saying that I didn't steal some of these ideas from the SMART acronym, um, but I am saying that uh, 
we're going to take that and we're going to make it a little more specific to data. Um, and even though smart is in itself can be very specific to data, there are four major categories. Again, the categories that make up DAP that I think if you are able to keep these things in mind when defining your data projects, when completing your data projects, when delivering your data projects, if you're able to keep these four things in mind, stick to them and ensure you hit them, I guarantee you, absolutely promise you that you will have better results than if you did not. Alrighty, so again, as we talk about our main topic, why is this still not working? We just went through the SMART acronym. This episode is entirely about how we're going to make sure you can actually use this data. I want to share with you, again, my DAP acronym. And this is something that I've talked with my team about. Um, it's something that I personally try to consider every single time we are doing a project, whether it's here at MarketScale or frankly, anywhere in my career, my life, that I have to use data in some regards. So the big unveiling, what is DAP? What the heck are you talking about, TC? Real quick, let's go through them. D, digestible. A, actionable. B, I'm sorry, P, practical, and the second P, presentable. So again, digestible, actionable, practical, and presentable. Again, if you, you know the SMART acronym, you're probably already tying those together, but let's dive into what each of those things mean, how you should use them, and how they're gonna actually help ensure that your data projects are staying on track, and the end result is gonna be something you can actually use, you're actually happy with. You're not gonna get lost in data, you're not going to have it go over people's heads, so on and so forth. So the very first one, de-digestible. The most important thing um, that you can do when you're starting to look at a project, when you're looking at how you're going to communicate data especially, um, is you have to keep your audience level in mind whenever you're presenting this analysis. And that can mean that you're presenting to multiple audiences at multiple different levels and you need to keep each of them individually in mind. It could be a just a report for your boss. It could be a, you know, a project for a client. Whoever it is, it doesn't matter who this is for. Um, if it's from a business perspective, whether it's a specific individual or an entire company or even an entire industry, you must, must, must learn and truly know your audience. This is where we have some tie-in with some you know public speaking best practices and things of that nature from the business world, where if you don't know your audience and you're not able to connect with them, you're never going to really be successful in your presentation. You're never going to deliver the kind of product and the end result that you want. When we're talking about this being digestible, probably the very first thing you think of is, oh, yeah, you're going way too deep into the data um, and it's going over everyone's head. But this applies on both ends of the spectrum. This can be you going way, way too shallow, we'll call it, or way too deep. Both of those are equal concerns that can frankly wreck your entire project if you're not going to the appropriate level of depth and understanding for your audience as you're presenting this data. Obviously, it's going to vary from project to project. Um, there's no great specific use case I can give here that's going to cover everything. Um, but um, there is one little thing that I actually remember. Uh, management Information Systems Professor um, Gary Tuttle back at the University of Texas at Austin um, who I'm sure is probably not listening to this, but if you are, hey, Professor Tuttle, hope you're doing well, sir. Um, and it is, I was talking to him after class one day, and I don't remember what we were even talking about, but he said a line that always stick with me. Um, I was talking about something as project I had to do, and I was explaining it to him, and he, he's a real smart guy. He caught on, but he said, well, hold on, who are you presenting to? And I was like, well, um, you know, I don't know. It's This is you know for a general management class, I think, or something like that. Um, but you know, they're all, you know, just other students. And he said, okay, I'm going to teach you something here that you'll, I want you to take with you the rest of your life. 
don't use stats terms if you aren't talking to statisticians. And it's something that has really stuck with me because even though it's kind of a uh, little tongue-in-cheek thing that he was saying to me there, um, trying to help me with a specific issue, he's absolutely right. If you're not talking to the level of your audience, you should not go into standard deviations, deviations, pardon me, and regressions from the mean and using these statistical terms. If you're talking to folks that haven't heard the word stats since they were in, you know, high school uh, 20 years ago or something like that. And that specific one, just to give you guys an example of being that I mentioned again, too shallow, too deep. How, how do you address that? Well, uh, the example of too low is um, in my role, a lot of times we work with clients that have varying degrees of uh, data expertise or data proficiency, you could say. Um, and we have clients that are at the upper end of the spectrum. Frankly, they got some folks over there that know a heck of a lot more than I do, and I'm not ashamed to admit it in any capacity. But if you're talking to a team of data scientists and you're using very general terms, you're not using statistical terms, you're not using that, they're going to, frankly, they might laugh you out of the room. Um, don't walk up to someone who really understands data, who understands stats and start throwing out um, very weak correlations and things that uh, don't have data backing. Uh, so the, again, back to our don't use stats terms if you're not talking to a statistician. Well, if you are talking to a statistician, do use stat terms. Those are going to, you know, those are going to be your supporting evidence, what you need to prove your authority on this. Um, but again, then on the too high, what you probably think of when I talk about being digestible and going over people's heads, if you're presenting to the public or leadership or a board or someone high up who is not very data proficient, and it doesn't even mean that they have to be bad with data, quote unquote, just not someone who works with data all the time, not someone who lives this world, and understands all this. If you aren't keeping it in their frame of reference, you aren't really, really understanding your audience and keeping it digestible for your audience, it's not going to be feasible. So that is the D and DAP again, digestible, which not only means being able to make sure you understand it, which we're going to get to here in a second with presentable, but that you're keeping your audience in mind. All right. The A of our DAP actionable. So if I have to pick a single point and you've probably, if you listen to the show before, you've heard me harp on this before the single most important thing that you can do when delivering data, delivering an analysis, whatever you want to call it is you have to be able to tie in a clear result or a clear guidance with it. You can't just throw out numbers there, even for you as the data scientist working this or anyone related to data working this, it might be clear as day to you what this analysis means, what these numbers mean. Again, even if you don't go deep down the stats route, just from a high level, it should be incredibly obvious. Oh, well, uh, our, our variation is just massive, which means we're all over the map with these values. You know, there's no consistency. Don't assume that people are going to connect the dots. It is up to you to make it actionable and connect the dots if the audience can't. And you are always better off assuming that they can't than assuming that they can when they actually cannot. So uh, this is really, I think, uh, the actionable piece is really one of the biggest flaws in the data world. Um, anytime I get a chance to talk about this, I I kind of harp on um, we that a lot of these people have these disconnected worlds. Um, where leaders and data scientists and data engineers don't speak the same language. They don't talk to each other. And that's, uh, it leads to these, what I call unicorn employees. Um, the folks who um, are able to not only understand the data to be able to do all that, but they're actually able to communicate that to not only have the conversational communication skills, but to have the business knowledge and wherewithal um, to be able to tie all this together. 
you have to have that in mind. Um, maybe you aren't the right person for this. And it's okay if you're doing these things and you realize, you know what, I, I don't have the business expertise or even maybe it's just the general communication skills, you know, that, that's not a strength of mine. Um, it's okay to get help and help find people who can help you with that. Again, unfortunately, uh, there's a reason we call them the unicorn employees that can be very difficult to find, but there are people out there. Um, I am no way going to call myself a unicorn, but at I'd like to think I at least have a, some ability um, to communicate and understand the data side, even if I'm not um, nearly as deep or as good at either of those independently as a lot of other folks out there are. Um, but tying back to that unicorn employees, we're, we're going to look in bigger picture now. Um, it drives me nuts that I use that term. I only honestly hate using that term. I use it way too much and I hate every time I do it because it shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be so rare to have people who do this. Um, frankly, I think this is one of the, uh, we're not going to go down the education system path today, but one of the biggest failings in a lot of the data programs out there, all of you out there probably either have taken one or know someone in some type of master's in data and analytics, master's of business analytics, something like that program where way too much emphasis is always spent on the data. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to take that back. It's not even too much on the data. It's not enough on the soft skills around it. Um, you need to be able to tie these things together, be able to understand the business objective, understand the biggest picture, bigger picture, and be able to drive people towards those conclusions or those realizations from this analysis or study, whatever it may be. You have to be able to make things actionable. And again, as you are presenting data, as you are working with data and you're undertaking these projects, it is up to you to make it actionable. You should not leave that up to others and consider that, well, the, you know, the business leaders are going to take the numbers and they're going to do the right thing. No, no, no. It is up to you to make it very clear exactly what the data is and just as importantly, what the data is not saying. Don't let people come in with biases. Don't let people get the wrong idea of what you're trying to say and not be able to connect those dots. That's the biggest flaw, again, to me in the data world is not making things actionable, not saying that we're perfect at it here at market scale, but dang it, do we try? Um, and that is the A, again, of digestible and actionable of our DAP acronym. So we got two letters to go in our DAP acronym. We got our two Ps. So we got presentable and practical. So we're going to dive in first to presentable um, because it's the way that I use it in my little personal acronym and it's my acronym in my radio show. So I say so. Um, so with presentable, this is something um, it, it ties in with some of the other ones about not being actionable. But this is also something that I feel like I see far too often people just completely overlooking this aspect of data. People believe what they can see at the end of the day. That, that's a common term. Um, when you're hearing something, you hear about it, you you might kind of believe and you might understand depending on the source and all. But when you know seeing is believing, there's a reason that that's a saying and that's a thing. You need to be able to present what you're doing and it can't always be just numbers. Um, again, we're talking about how those of us here in the data world are going to be effective as we present to what I'll call the business world. I know I'm making very broad you know, generalizations here, and I apologize for that, but that's really what we're looking at. And in the most simple terms, you can't present things that are literally just a bunch of numbers. You can't just present a massive table. On the other side of the spectrum, you can't just present 500 million ridiculous graphs that mean nothing to anybody. You actually have to um, really think about 
And, and honestly, and this is something you can't just think about the end where you already have your results and you might be limited in the types of things you have to present. You have to consider this from the start so that you can make it presentable, knowing that this is going to be a requirement um, in your overall goal to accomplish and you know succeed in this project. And you must, again, it must be formatted um, in a way that's presentable and you must put in the time and effort here. Um, you have to consider your audience. You have to consider your medium. You have to consider your objective. All of these things are part of the presentation. It's okay. Your presentation, your audience can be just your manager. Your medium could be an email or you know a Teams or Slack message to someone, and your objective can be looking at this specific thing. This still applies compared to if we're talking about giving a you know a keynote presentation via you know PowerPoint or something like that to an audience, a global audience on a live broadcast where your objective isn't nearly as clearly defined. No matter what it is, it's okay. There's no scope limitation here. It's just things that consider your audience, consider your medium, and consider your objective. If you do those things as you go about presenting your data, again, you're going to be a lot more successful than if you just blindly wander into it and focus a little bit too much on the what and not the why or the how. Um, this is kind of the how of the data world if we want to look at it from uh, that way. And the last little point on presentable um, is in my head, when I've talked to people before, I call this the last mile problem for data. Uh, those of you who are at all familiar with the transportation industry know of the last mile problem or the uh, the last mile challenge when it comes to especially like public transportation um, in that a lot of times people can get you know, a lot of places around, you know, large cities or wherever they're going with public transportation. But usually the issue is that last mile. He drops you off at the bus stop, but you still got to make that last mile or those last couple blocks to the office. And that's what this is in the data world to me. This is literally the last thing. Um, again, I, I, I do it in this way. I know maybe practical, logically should come first, but to me, presentable um, is important because it needs to be considered up front. You need to think about what's going to be required there at the end to be able to effectively present this and don't do all this analysis. Don't do the right things with the actionable and the digestible. You've considered that, you know, you've got it in a way that your audience is going to be able to understand and it's at the right level. Um, it's actionable and actually ties in with business aspects and, it, you know, all the dots are connected. But if you fail on the actual presentation itself, all that could be for nothing. So it's not something people in the data world maybe are naturally as inclined to be good at or you know have a lot of experience with on the presentation side um, just speaking from personal and you know experience the data scientists and data engineers i know typically don't like to present um, again not trying to stereotype and group everyone together i know there are tons of data folks out there that are incredible at presentations but i think i really think that this is typically the last mile problem that some people completely ignore is this presentable consider your audience consider your medium consider your objective and let that drive and live in your mind throughout the entire project or process all right our last p in our dap acronym practical so this one's a little more um straightforward probably not as much uh minutiae here to dive into but um at the end of the day this uh, again we're talking about using data from a business perspective here this would apply to anything but specifically the business we're looking at and it has to be practical. It has to be functional to the business. Way too many times, analysis deals in dreams worlds that can't happen. Um, and this could be directed from above. You know, they came down with this request and the analyst is able to realize that 
this isn't realistic. This isn't, you know, we're going back to our SMART acronym. This isn't realistic at all. This isn't achievable at all. Uh, or alternatively, maybe um, you start down this path. And I, I've definitely caught myself doing this a number of times, which is why I'm mentioning it, where um, as you're diving into the data, you start to see a little pattern emerge. You see something that stands out that makes you go dive deeper. And that's great. It's good to do that. You know, always explore the data and see where it goes. But what I'll do is I'll end up down this rabbit hole almost where at the end of the day, my suggestion or what I'm thinking of can't happen. It's hard to come up with an example that, you know, isn't too hyperbolic around this. But um, if you're doing an analysis and it's almost as if you don't consider any constraints to your um, function or your problem, if your solution is, well, uh, let's use supply and demand. Maybe that's a great way to kind of look at it from a very high level. Um, if we're looking at supply and demand, you're doing, you know, supply demand uh, charts and understanding where kind of the equilibrium points are. If you were a business and you were able to say, oh, well, our objective is to get the highest quantity of sales. That's all we care about. We want to sell as much as we possibly can in terms of units. And you say, great. Well, my solution for my analysis, if we drop the price to nothing and give it away to everybody in the world, we're going to sell like six, almost seven billion units. Can you believe that? Well, no, that's not realistic at all. That's that's not practical. That's not functional. Um, and again, that's an extreme issue that no one's going to actually do that. But people do do that in small doses to where they start dipping further and further into a, uh, a, a situation where the business cannot actually react to this, can't actually do this, can't implement it. So no matter how good the analysis is, no matter how good the idea is, it's just not practical. They can't make it happen. Maybe I do a massive analysis and realize, hey, if market scale got into the business of also selling cars in addition to uh, media and marketing, we could probably up our profits. That's 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 not realistic. That's not what we do. That's not feasible. So uh, you have to consider the business impacts. Um, you have to do that just as you would any other plan or evaluation. Consider the business impacts. Consider what you're doing. Um, and what I should say is, is try to go for a the happy medium here. Uh, the, uh, the thing I see, and I think, again, maybe this is stereotyping a little too much, but, um, the folks on the business side, we'll call them not the data guys, not the number guy, the business guys, they don't care enough about data insights. Um, all they care about is the business bottom line, the business KPIs. Um, they care about maybe the data points themselves. They don't care about the data insights. They don't care about using the data to be better. Whereas on the other side, people in the data world, I think they're not without fault either because, us data folks sometimes trust the numbers too much. Um, we see a number, we see the a correlation or an R squared value that we're like, I, this is just absolutely, it has to be the answer. And if you're not being practical, you're not considering all the things that go into these decisions and being realistic, you're still going to struggle. Uh, one of the best examples I can give of this, you know, I'm not going to get out of an episode of diving into data without touching on sports is a little anecdote from the sports world where in the last couple decades, we've really seen a shift to sports teams using data. However, one of the biggest uh, kind of arguments you typically hear is the fight between the, you know, the, let's say baseball as an example, the baseball guys, the, the, you know, the baseball lifers, the gut feeling, they just know, you know, those scouts that really just, they can look at a kid and tell right away, is he going to be a star? Um, and then you have, you know, when they show this, they present it as these, you know, geeky guys over in the quarter, over in the corner, I'm sitting there with an abacus or something like that, something that doesn't even make sense because it hasn't been used in hundreds of years anyway. But they show these guys that, oh, the numbers say this, this, and this, and that, you know, um, you need uh, eight outfielders on your baseball team because this is the perfect thing. It, 
neither of those is the right approach. And again, people, while I'm being incredibly hyperbolic here, there's a reason for that. It's because people, I think, subconsciously do that. They really kind of position themselves on, if I'm a data person, I'm having to fight and constantly defend the data. So I have a lot of faith in the data because that's, you know, that's my baby. That's what I've been working on. Folks on the business side, they understand the business well. They maybe don't understand the data. Maybe it's a little intimidating, a little scary. It's something that's outside of their comfort zone for, you know, while they're really comfortable on the business executive side, they don't really care as much. So uh, it, the challenge for you as an analyst or as someone in the data world or someone in the business world who wants to use data is to be practical, find that happy medium, find the way that you guys can work together where there are things that are statistically sound and you can trust the data, trust the insights, trust all these incredible people you have working for you with these incredible data skill sets. But you folks with those data skill sets also put yourself in the business folks shoes who don't understand this as well. How can you present it? How can you make something that is digestible to them? It is presentable to them in a way that they can understand. It's practical to your business senses. It's actionable and it's actually going to change something in the business and cause action. Again, digestible, actionable, presentable, and practical. You got to dap it, guys. You got to dap it. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Again, I know it was a little different, not a lot of quoting. Again, this is all pretty much off the top of the dome. It's just something that I've seen a ton of and I wanted to share and express that data can work for you. If you're still in that camp that you're struggling to use this, whether it's from a you know very high level perspective or a very specific project you're working on, why is this still not working? Well, because you're probably not being smart. You're not doing things that are specific, measurable, actual, realistic, and timely from the business side. And from the data side, as you go to present this and you figure out how we're gonna implement this, it's not digestible, it's not actionable, it's not presentable, it's not practical. Failing on any of those points can sidetrack an incredible project, an incredible opportunity, just because you didn't keep some of those little simple concepts in mind. We will be back again next week, as always, with another episode of Diving Into Data. I hope that you guys all enjoyed that. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you're running into issues being able to successfully implement DAP, reach out to me, thomas.riley at marketscale.com. If you want to shoot me an email, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know what you think. I always love to hear feedback from the show. I love it when folks write in and kind of give me ideas or ask specific questions. It makes me mean, feel like I'm not just talking into a microphone here in my office. <laughs> but... With that, thank you all again. This has been another episode of Diving Into Data. This is your host, T.C. Riley, signing off. And until next time, see ya.